enable human beings to reach their potential all around the planet. And that is, it's a gift. Outcomes. Are you delivering value for customers? Are they growing with you? Are they spending more money with you, whether you're remote or not? By the way, all 900 of us are equal as it relates to values. You don't have a CEO card to get out of living your values. And so we exit people from the company who aren't living our values. So that's how you promote a culture that honors the things that are critically important. This is the Proco 360 Podcast. I'm Dave Tabor, hosting Proco 360 because I love Colorado and getting to know the leaders of Colorado's most interesting and entrepreneurial companies. Today's episode features Yancey Spruill, CEO of Digital Ocean. Yancey, you and I have gone back a way long time. I think we'd go back from when you were CFO at Digital Globe, right. and then CFO, COO at SendGrid, uh, which was acquired by Twilio. And uh, that company went public before it was acquired, right? Yeah. So now CEO of DigitalOcean. DigitalOcean is a public company in the cloud services business. It describes itself as a cloud for your entire journey. Digital Globe is tracking to do over a half billion in sales this year, uh, which to me is a ton of money. Uh, and it competes against the likes of Microsoft, Google, Amazon Web Services, which, you know, Amazon Web is tracking at $71 billion. So I'm interested to learn more about the web services business and why on earth Yancey would sign up to run a company <laughs> that goes against these behemoths. So Yancey, uh, I'll give you a chance to answer that in a bit, but glad you're joining me on Proco 360. So happy to be here. It's great to see you. Oh, and uh, you're aging a lot better than me in terms right. of where's your gray hair? I have a few strands. Yeah. I noticed you got a little. Um, I, I had an interview recently with Josh Freed, and I gave him a hard time, and he pushed right back about the gray hair thing. So, <laughs> uh, But, you know, I, I mentioned some about DigitalOcean. You can probably give a much better uh, overview. Yeah, I, I would, you know, our mission, I think, is the easiest way to sort of explain, or at least at start to explain what we do. We Our, our mission is to simplify cloud computing so builders uh, can create software that changes the world. And builders represent software developers, hobbyists, uh, budding entrepreneurs, aspiring entrepreneurs, people who are looking to create some kind of digital idea, get it on the internet, and see if that idea can become a business. And so we target the part of the cloud infrastructure market that's targeting developers and um, small businesses, small, medium-sized businesses. It's about 30 million developers in the world today. That's expected to go to 50 million by the end of the decade. 100 million small, medium-sized businesses in the world today. That grows by about 14% a year. Mm -hmm. They collectively spend about $70 billion. Uh, that's our end of the market. The Amazon Web Services, uh, we're in the same general area. Yeah. I like to say the same forest, but they're big redwood trees. We're little tumbleweeds. And um, But you know, half of the economy of GDP, whether it's in the U.S., you know, some some countries, it's more than half is small and medium-sized businesses. Yeah. And so we're powering people with a very simple, easy, intuitive on-ramp to the internet to get those ideas tested. In the time we've already been talking, you could be coding on our platform. Uh, we have basic computers all over the mm. uh, world, storage, uh, network connectivity. We got software apps, and it hel helps the early-stage entrepreneur uh, test an idea, launch that into a business, and then grow that into a business long term. So what's the difference between 
DigitalOcean, if you if you if there's a spectrum of then a huge guys uh, that really aren't direct to consumer like at Amazon, mm. you know, to you know the GoDaddies and the other guys. I mean, where did where do you fit into this space? We're in the uh, spectrum of the, uh, the cloud market, uh, cloud infrastructure, where it's sort of if you're a do-it-yourselfer, if you're somebody who wants to write your own code to set up your servers to run your idea, run your business. Uh, tinker with them over time if you add more customers, add locations, and you want to manage that or your team wants to manage that, that that's where we play in the market. There are more curated parts of the market, more managed experiences where you go to a GoDaddy and it's all sort of curated or Wix. Uh, This week we announced buying a a company called Cloudways that's a more managed hosting experience. Uh, And so many small – and the reason we acquired them is many small businesses aren't do it yourself. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. even though they can, they don't want to, and that's our opportunity to expand our market. That's why we did the cloud waste transaction uh, this week. So that's where we play. It's it's more for the people who want to own uh, the decision making around how to scale up and scale down their apps versus needing them or wanting a more managed experience. Got it. So would it be fair to say that your customers tend to be more tech enabled than you know a mom and pop that wants to sell something? Yeah, I well, our our customers are all testing a digital idea or an idea digitally, uh, you know, on our digi- on our infrastructure, and you know, all of our businesses, whether it's e-commerce, if it's a VPN business, a media streaming, an ad tech business, uh, a blockchain business, uh, or an e-commerce business, those are all digital. Yeah, and so all of our businesses, uh, our customers are, are running a digital first, but I I'd say. You know, in today's world, certainly post-pandemic, I mean, is it conceivable that anybody, a dry cleaners, anybody doesn't have a digital presence? Well, no, of course. And so, yeah. I, you know, I think the, the, the addressable market has certainly been expanding as, you know, humanity is becoming more uh-huh. tech savvy and tech solutions are becoming more easily uh, integrated and, and lower price. And that's what we do on the cloud. You know, you could be up and running for $5, $10, $15 a month. And, you know, we have plenty of customers that started at 10 bucks a month, $15 a month, and are now, you know, spending thousands, tens of thousands, and they have multi-million dollar businesses they're running on our platform. The barriers to starting a business digitally in the cloud are, they're decimated. You know, yeah. you used to have to have tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of dollars in equipment, systems, process, talent, and now you can be up and running for, you know, a couple of uh, Starbucks uh, smoothies yeah, or, yeah. Uh, or cups of coffee. Well, are, are you also an on-ramp to the internet? Or Absolutely. You, you are. All right. So you do everything from connect to the, mm-hmm. mm, directly to the cloud to then, um, I suppose, putting all the tools in place to get as granular as somebody wants to get. So we have tens of thousands of servers around the world in uh, multiple locations, you know, soon to be in Australia, but in Europe, mm-hmm. in the U.S., and, uh, and in Asia. And so that allows people, to, they, they don't mess with the servers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They basically have a software uh, a menu that they can mm-hmm. configure what they want in those servers, what other software applications. And then we have a globally performant capability. So we take the managing the servers and the security layers yeah. and all that off the table, but they still can configure what they want, et cetera. Got it. Now, um, you use the term on your website and through your sales uh, process, um, essentially allowing people to buy droplets of, mm-hmm. of usability, mm-hmm. right? What's that term? I mean, it is cute and it does go well with DigitalOcean, right? <laughs> but uh, how, what, what is that? 
So the droplet, so when people talk about cloud, let's maybe break it down a little bit. Uh, infrastructure as a service is what people, so you're renting computer infrastructure, computer a server, an actual computer, a portion of the computer. You're renting a portion of the storage, the hard drive, and then you're renting the network connectivity, how you get to the internet. And there, that comes in all sorts of varieties. We've branded our unit of compute a unit of a portion of a server as a droplet. Got so it. that's where it starts. Everybody that runs an application yep. in our personal lives, in our professional lives, it's running on a computer, and our droplet is a portion, a of small that. percentage mm-hmm. of, a, of a computer. And it's a pricing mechanism as well, right? Absolutely. And that, the, the benefit of cloud is for a startup, a small business, a lot of times the tech solutions that Adele, or HP, EMC, whoever it is, offers – they're really expensive solutions. So you have to put a lot of upfront capital just to use a tiny portion, just to test any idea. The power of the cloud is you don't have to do that. You don't buy anything upfront. You rent what you need when you, when you need it. Yep. So if you're ramping up, you, you can use more. We have a flexible model to do that. If you're using less this month, you ramp down. So it's very simple price transparency and more impo- most importantly with that, the flexibility as a small business is really important, but you don't have the upfront capital right, outlay, right. which is really a barrier to a lot of ideas getting onto the internet. Yeah, I think we're seeing we're seeing a lot of that. We're even seeing in like Super Bowl commercials, you yeah. know, these big companies that are promoting these things. So what Yancy, like what is your niche when you because there, you know, there's lots of companies in this space, right? So who are you targeting and what makes DigitalOcean, a special place? Well, our differentiators are, again, simplicity. It's very, very easy to set up uh, an account and start coding and building applications, running a business on DigitalOcean. Incredibly simple. Yeah, and, you know, simple, simplicity is not a marketing term. It's sort of a, a, a bare necessity for a small business. Our customers don't have IT departments. They don't have a DevOps department. The, the product experience has to stand on its own. So that simplicity is a huge differentiator. Secondly, we differentiate on what we call community, but it's really documentation and tutorials. We get, attract about 10 million people a month to our website who come to read our tutorials, read how to do things in open source software, learn how to code. That's really important. When you're getting stuck, we help you get unstuck. We offer support, a third differentiator. Um based to all customers, regardless of price point. A yeah. lot of people in the technology industry, you can't talk to anybody. They don't have documentation unless you're spending millions. You know, we, we have very few customers spending millions. We have a lot spending thousands and hundreds of dollars a month. And it's important that they have a resource that helps them get unstuck mm-hmm. when they're stuck. We're an open source platform, open source software, which lowers the barriers to innovation. Uh, because you you don't have to tie into our proprietary tech stack. So simple, simplicity, ease of use, documentation, support, and, you know, you mentioned earlier Azure and, uh, you know, AWS and Google Cloud, we're half the price of them. I want to come back to the idea of price in just a second. First, I want to thank listeners. Uh, this is Proco 360, named Best Denver Podcast three years running, and the last two years – 
Best Colorado Business Podcast. I'm your host, Dave Tabor, and this is the show featuring entrepreneurs who could be successful anywhere and choose Colorado. My guest today is Yancey Spruill, CEO of Digital Ocean. Thanks to our sponsors, Via Technologies. Uh, they host Proco 360. It's a data-heavy site. They keep it running really well, thanks to Clint and the team. Stephen Allison Kinsley have said that since the pandemic eased, meetings are booming and even more complex than ever, so call them for help. Also, appreciate our partnership with Colorado Biz Magazine. We're growing our audiences together. Go to Proco360.com to check out the sponsors. And I want to get back to Yancey because you mentioned that you're a lot cheaper than some of the big names, right? And but you still, I mean, you can't sacrifice reliability and you're providing service. So, and you got clients like Slack, right? So you, you have to be reliable. So how do you manage all that at a cheaper price? Well, it's really important. We have high performance computing. We made strategic decisions early on with Droplet and uh, the, the, the capability of our service. We have really high performance really high reliability. We've invested a ton in security. You know, people come here to get onto the internet to launch an idea into a business. They're putting their trust into us with their life's work. So we invest a, a lot of money and talent and capital in um, in security and reliability. And we invest a lot in, you know, efficiency and getting better every day. And we invest in procurement and re- managing the relationships with the large uh, vendors. And we manage simplicity. I mentioned earlier, that's a huge differentiator. We don't have a long litany of products. We have a very targeted set of relevant products for early stage businesses, small and medium sized businesses. So keeping the product set simple uh, and keeping uh, a target on our niche of the market is how we're able to be very efficient with our resources and keep costs low for our customers. But that allows you still, I mean, like, you know, some of the big players, if you, I mean, you, as you mentioned, it's really hard to talk to somebody, actually talk yeah. to a human for tech. But you're able to have lower prices and still like, how can you do that? And why aren't they? If Well, we're targeting a different end of the market. Again, small and medium sized business is $70 billion market in cloud. Yeah. The enterprise market, you know, Microsoft, Azure, they're chasing the $10 billion mm, yeah, uh, defense yeah. contracts, right? The big, they want all of JP Morgan's business yeah. for a hundred some millions of dollars a year. That's not our segment of the market. We're dealing with people who have a small e-commerce site that generates a million dollars of revenue a year and yeah, they're hosting it yeah. on DigitalOcean, spending, you know, $100,000, $50,000 a year. That's our niche. That's very different. Yeah. And because we're focused on those customers, their use cases are highly overlapping. We can keep the product set mm-hmm. very simple, yeah. and we can invest uh, in our how we attract customers to our site is through, I mentioned, 10 million visitors to the website. So we spend very little on sales and marketing. It's very efficient, and we can reinvest that uh, mm-hmm. m- margin efficiency and keeping the products good and still make money and keep the prices low for our customers. That's cool. And 10 million, is what was that stat, 10 million? Per what? month, per month of people coming. So you're really building a sort of an an audience that that knows you, trusts you. Um, maybe they aren't even using you right now. Exactly, and that's fine. Yeah, you know, we want people to come. We have over forty thousand digital documents, tutorials, mm-hmm. resources for human beings all around the planet who want to get smarter about open source. I've met so many customers who come to our uh, who first came to DigitalOcean to learn how to program. They mm. learned how to program, and then lo and behold, three, four, five years later, an idea germinates, and they launch that idea and have a you know their dream of becoming an entrepreneur. Really? They launch it on DigitalOcean. 
I mean, can are, can you do any specific examples come to mind where somebody actually came to DigitalOcean, learned how to do this business, and then became a business an entrepreneur? It happens all day, every day. Absolutely, it's incredible. We have over six hundred thousand customers, and actually, pro forma for the Cloudways will be over seven hundred thousand total customers, and many of them are just noodling on an idea, really? they're testing. Uh, and it's, I've met countless people in my three years here, CEO, who came to us just to learn about something. That's and then they hung cool. around, put some money down, used us as a place to test that idea. And two, three years later, that idea takes off and they're running a business. We've given examples in earnings calls where eight-person, three-person startups are now running $100 million-plus businesses that started day zero on DigitalOcean. That's super cool. And it's got to be gratifying too as an entrepreneur for you. I think it's, you know, I've had an incredible career working in some of the greatest companies on earth, doing incredibly special things, great cultures. Uh, we have all that here, but we enable human beings to reach their potential all around the planet. And that is incredible. It's a gift. It's an honor to be able to serve the world's humanity. People in Africa and the Middle East and South America who Capital isn't plentiful. Yeah. The VC, there's no established institutional capital market like VCs. And so that was just a barrier to those people becoming entrepreneurs. And now that we've decimated that, mm. and that's why we have customers in 185 countries uh, all over the world. And um, we help people get their ideas on the internet and realize their dreams. That's yeah, super cool. Now, you know, when you think of, you've run a bunch of tech companies. Yeah. And when you think, like at least when I, I think about like a tech company like DigitalOcean, it's like the CEO ultimately is in a position where if something breaks, you know, I mean, the whole company can be crushed. One security breach, one massive outage, you know, the company is killed by one single mistake. As CEO, it's not your job to run the technology though, right? So how much do you have to know in your role? Well, it's a good point. When things break, CEO, we don't have wrenches in our back pocket yeah. to fix it. So uh, it's really important, I think, for any leader, you know, the CEO to have a, you know, have clarity around the strategy, uh, have good instrumentation around what's driving revenue growth, you know, where you're putting resources in terms of cost, capital, you know, what's driving profitability, looking at key measures like customer success, you know, are your customers happy? Are they churning? Are they leaving? Are they staying? Are they growing with you? Looking at employee satisfaction, is this a great place to work? And obviously, you, everybody looks at growth and profitability for investors. But having that instrumentation on the business, looking at risk, having a risk management program. So you, you're not just thinking that the human beings are biased towards the positive yeah. in business, but looking at what could go wrong and making sure that the organization is thinking about risk and building more robustness in the process. That's how you avoid it. But the reality is things happen and you have to have, you know, game plans for how to address. And we work a lot on alternative game plans. Yeah. And that's been a success that I've seen across multiple companies is thinking about the risk and preparing the organization to invest against the risk so that you're managing risk. Risk doesn't go to zero. Yeah. But you need to be thinking about and managing risk. Well, I want to I want to dig back in more specifically on that because I think the hardest thing, like, okay, if you lose a key person, yeah, you know, it's recoverable. Yeah. If you lose, you know, a key customer, it's recoverable. But if your system goes down, it may not be recoverable in this. So, I, I, what I really want to know is, like, as a CEO, how do you stay on top of? 
like the technology so that you can make sure nothing goes wrong at the same time is like, you can't get in the way of your CTO and those people. Like how much do you have to know and how do you stay on top of that? Well, when you're doing planning for, for growth and, uh, and, and making sure that you're investing in the infrastructure and the technology and the whole platform to support that growth, you also have to make sure that you understand, you know, what can go wrong. What is the ongoing cost? Not just what the upfront costs are, how much do you have to continue to invest in the platform? Looking at the risks, and we look at various uh, indications of risk. We have a whole team, a security team, that supports our operational uh, team with thinking about risk and building process in. And so that's how you do it. You have mm-hmm. to understand the customer dynamics. You have to understand the growth. And you have to understand what it takes to maintain that growth with the knowledge that it's not just about adding new customers, adding new cool stuff. You also have to build robustness in terms of reliability and security so that uh, you aren't uh, putting yourself at risk of growing so fast that you actually overwhelm your infrastructure and your technology platform and it shuts down. That's obviously is your point. You can't – again, we're selling trust. When somebody says, I'm going to come and build my business on DigitalOcean, they're implicitly or explicitly saying, we trust you to do all the things on the background – to get all the fraud and abuse and all the bad things that happen on the internet, keep them off. To invest in a robust architecture in the data center and keep it current so that, you know, we we have a globally performant yeah. – infra- that's what we're investing in. We're trusting that you're going to invest in the maintaining and scaling that over time. Yeah. And uh, that's critically important to us. You know, it's um – as you're talking about that, it, it made me think of th- there must be a cultural aspect of this too because we've seen companies that somehow they they talked a good game about trust or about reliability or about whatever, safety and things like that, but then the culture underlying yeah. it just didn't exist, yeah. right? So what do you do culturally so yeah. that people know you're serious about this? So at DigitalOcean, we have what we call our strategy on a page, and it's everything you really need to know about us if there's – Thousands of pages behind it in detail, but on one page, you can really understand it. And the top left is our mission, which we I started with, you know, we simplify cloud computing so builders of the world can create software that changes the world. On the upper right is our values, and our values start with community and, you know, fostering entrepreneurship and developers learning around the world. Uh, second on our values is simplicity. We have mm-hmm. to keep it simple because our customers demand it. Third is creating a culture of transparency. We share information and inclusivity. We want everyone to come do their best work and feel like they can be them best, their best selves uh, in doing so. The fourth value is we're accountable to deliver on our commitments. And the last is love is at our core. Mm-hmm. Our, our cult, we love doing what we do. We love serving this incredible opportunity to serve the, opportun- uh, the entrepreneurs of the world. But accountability, you know, we have to deliver for our customers and we have to deliver for each other. And so for me, culture is how do you engage? Uh, you know, you have to be intentional about culture. And so keeping the mission at the forefront, it's about simplicity. So our entrepreneurial customers can change the world, realize their dreams. And it's about accountability. And it's about our values. We hire. Every person that gets hired, we evaluate them against the lens of our values. Will they honor? It's not for everybody, right? Not everybody wants to have love at their core. A lot of people just want to make a paycheck, make a lot of money. Uh, That's fine. Maybe this isn't the right home for you. But filtering on values, when we promote people, 
You know, we honor values. We recognize and reward people. And, you know, on the downside, if you're not living our values, and by the way, all 900 of us are equal as it relates to values. You don't have a CEO card to get out of living your values. And so we exit people from the company who aren't living our values. So that's how you promote a culture that honors the things that are critically important, you know, internally in your four walls, if that means anything in today's mm-hmm. world, yeah. and outside with yeah. the customers. Yeah. How are you managing DigitalOcean differently from how you were managing SendGrid? I mean, it's been a number of years. What's changed in how you approach this role? Well, I, I don't think much has changed. You know, we had a strategy on a page at SendGrid. We yeah. had a, on few pages, at least when I was there at, at Digital Globe. I think the principles around who we are, where do we aspire to be, how we engage our values, what's important, customers, employees, investors, what's important and, and what is important now to help us achieve our mission, what are our key priorities, our key initiatives. That doesn't change. What's clearly changed in the last three years or four years since I've uh, we uh, sold SendGrid to, uh, to Twilio is the pandemic. Yeah, yeah. And the notion in the tech industry and a lot of industries of remote work. And there was a lot of debate. We were having it at SendGrid. A lot of people in the tech industry four or five years ago as mobile tools like Google Meet and Zoom were enabled people not to have to be in the office uh, and still engage. Cloud computing uh, software tools and security overlaying that. Used to be in the old on-premise, you had to be in the office because there wasn't security to have a mobile computer going outside of the. Now with cloud, it enables that. And that always raised the question, well, are we going to give people more freedom? We obviously, we've opted to embrace remote. So we're 100% mm-hmm. remote. 100%. We have yeah. offices. Um, we, uh, we have our New York office. We've downsized it. Um, few people go every day. We have a deal with WeWork. So if people want to get out of the house or do an offsite, mm-hmm. we, they have a venue to do that. But people embrace the work-life integration and it means easier to do it remote. So yeah. we have really high engagement with our employees, really low attrition. They love the remote. We're trying to figure out now as we work our way through the yeah. pandemic how to get people together through offsites. But that's been the big thing is work flexibility for people in a period of massive uncertainty. Mm-hmm. And that wasn't a one-time thing, right? That wasn't, oh, we flattened the curve, or oh, we got vaccines. Okay, let's go. There is no – back to normal is remote with flexibility to go into office or travel when you need to and yeah. honoring and respecting that. And I think that's been a big change in that's going to pay benefits for a long period of time because it drives productivity and it drives employee satisfaction to know they the company honors their hard work and balancing a lot of personal yeah. aspects and the integration of those two things. Yeah, let me ask you this. I just heard a report yesterday that – there's some concern, at least in this particular report, there's concern that employees that we're looking forward as we go forward, there's going to be more employees quitting. And the reason is that when we had a tighter corporate cultures, when people were working next to each other, going to lunch together and so forth, that if they quit the company, they were really quitting their friends and it created a stickier employment thing. Any, any thoughts about that? I think the people that are writing these articles grew up in an office-based culture. Ah. I think the other theory I have with these spokespeople who are saying you can't mentor people, we've we've had our second uh, consecutive uh, internship program. People love it. Um, You know, I like to say the corner office doesn't mean much if you're on Zoom all day, right? And so 
I think people who have baggage, myself included, from you know 30 years prior to the last two years, just doing it in the office, I miss the office, but the reality is the world's changed. And in our world where, you know, I, I say if you type in text for a living, for the most part, what you're doing is on a computer, email, coding, whatever, processing, doing analysis, and talking in meetings, you do not need to be in an office. So the question is, how do you still promote camaraderie culture? You know, we do all hands. We talk about our strategy on the page consistently. And culture is, you know, how do people live their values? You can mentor people on Zoom. It happens all the time. It's different than I was mentored, you know, being in the office in Wall Street at 3 in the morning mm. with somebody talking me through how to model uh, something and getting on a plane at 6 to go to a client meeting. And that's what a lot of people, that's what, you know, you're 50, 60 years old. That's the life you lived. That's gone. And here's the thing that I think is really important for leaders to focus on, outcomes. Are you delivering value for customers? Are they growing with you? Are they spending more money with you, whether you're remote or not? Employee, so a customer outcomes. It starts with customers. Employee outcomes is engagement. We measure engagement, which is a comprehensive measure of employee satisfaction. Are your employees engaged? Are they happy? Are they thriving? Are you having high attrition? Yeah. Are they quitting? Yeah. yeah. We look at that very vigilantly, and we're managing that well. And then obviously, can you, you know, those are nice, customers and employees, but can you deliver returns for investors? Growth rate and profitability, free cash flow. We look at those things. Yeah, of course. If you can manage those, those are the outcomes that matter. Does it really matter if somebody's in the office or they have the freedom to go see their school, kid's uh, teacher uh, for a conference because their kid's ba- misbehaving in the middle of the week and keep that on track versus being stressed out yeah. five years ago because they couldn't do that? Yeah. And Or the plumber needs to come. They can not have to miss work. They can be effective at work. So it's really the outcomes. And I think an important outcome, especially with the newer generation of people coming up, is the balance and the integration of life and valuing that and not saying it's all about the office. And if you're not with us, you're against us. We don't want you in this culture. I think people who are not embracing that are making a mistake. I think it's short-term thinking. We're embracing it. And I think the results that we're seeing, our productivity is up massively since the pandemic. You know, obviously, we're over double the company. We're publicly traded. Uh, our customer outcomes are great. We've launched a lot of new products. On every aspect of the scorecard, uh, you know, we're up and to the right, even during a pandemic. And I think it's focusing on those mm-hmm. outcomes and focusing on customers, employees, and investor outcomes is uh, is keys to success cool. there. Now, there's uh, shifting gears a little bit, there's a conversation in Washington about digital modernization that involves partnering with the private sector for both government efficiency and global competitiveness. How do you see Colorado as a home for companies uh, with employees like with DigitalOcean, um, other players in global competitiveness? How do you see our place? Well, obviously, over the last – I've moved here just over 18 years ago, and the amount of talent and capital coming into Colorado on the tech sector, biotech, satellites, you know, defense, uh, telecom has been massive. And so we now have a really robust ecosystem of talent, of a lot of experience. You've had a lot of exits, you know, yeah. at scale. Um, and so that breeds future success and future entrepreneurs. You're seeing that with all the major tech companies. 
you know, major companies in almost every industry that touches the technology sector have put homes here uh, or have large presences here. And I think that speaks to the ecosystem we're, we're creating. And, and, you know, when you then balance that with the tension has always been people wanted to live in Colorado, but there wasn't a lot of ecosystem. Now yeah, we have ecosystem right. and now you double post-pandemic with remote and you're seeing a lot of people invest in talent here. And uh, I think the future is very bright for Colorado to continue. I think Colorado is going to have to make a choice. Do they want that growth? Because that's always been a tension uh, here uh, of how big been, does yeah. this, this state yeah. want to get. But I think the sky's the limit in terms of growth. And then the question is, do the, does the, do the folks here want that and, and invest in the infrastructure, schools, yeah. and all the rest of it to support it? Yeah. Now, as you look forward with trends that you're seeing for yeah. for DigitalOcean and um, – you know, what do you, what do you, where do you think your company is going to be heading? Where do you think more broadly uh, technology application for helping in, uh, enable entrepreneurs? Where do you think that's heading? Well, I think cloud has democratized or is democratizing entrepreneurship. And so I think what you're going to increasingly see is, you know, when I graduated from college, I went to work for Corning. Everybody was got to go to work for a Fortune 500. I think that's going to fall to the wayside. And I think people are going to want to work in either smaller entrepreneurial companies mm. with an eye towards starting their own company. I think the entrepreneurial uh, zeal, certainly in the tech sector, yeah. uh, over the last 30 years, um, and it used to be, okay, I'll just go work for a startup. Now it's I'm going to do my own startup. And the barriers to, to enabling that have really come down. And so I think you're just going to see that further uh, happening and, you know, bigger companies are, are going to, I think, struggle to mm. get their fair share of people coming out of uh, universities because people are going to want to start their own uh, companies, entrepreneurships in almost any sector. Yeah. I think that's a big theme, clearly outside the U.S., but I, uh, in emerging market countries. But mm. I think in the U.S., uh, it, it's so much different than when I graduated. You know, you almost don't meet anybody who says, oh, I just want to go work for IBM. Yeah. Right. They want to go take a risk on a startup. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's interesting actually. So, and with all of the, the ease of technology use now, there are so many uh, people with side hustles that are starting a business on the side that may be working for digital ocean mm -hmm. and have, I mean, how do you feel about that? Yeah. Again, this goes to the world's changed. And so it's so easy for someone to help their cousin or their brother or their mother or their family or their friend write code for them to get their business up and running. Yeah. It's just so easy. So who am I, you know, to say you can't do that uh, at night? Mm -hmm. If you're getting the outcomes that we you're accountable for at in the daytime. Now, we did have somebody recently who said, hey, I have a side job. This project schedule that you have for me here at DigitalOcean doesn't work. And so we said, congratulations, you can go focus on your side hustle full time. But, mm -hmm. you know, as long as you're getting the work done, I just don't have a problem with it, you know, and I know we all sign these no moonlighting clauses for every job we've ever done. But again, that was a fixed world in, in the office. We own you. Yeah. Or we, I'm, I'm putting that in quotes here for the podcast. And that's just the world's over with that, right? People need flexibility. And, you know, if you honor that flexibility um, and allow them to reach their passions, they're going to be a better employee. They're not going to leave. And as we've seen in the pandemic, High attrition for employees is probably the biggest, uh, you know, uh, bane 
of a company growing and scaling sustainably is they can't keep the talent. Yeah. And so how do you keep the talent? You keep this as a compelling place to have a career-defining experience, and in my view, be flexible, not unlimited flexibility. They still work for us. They have to be accountable to deliver the outcomes. They have to live our values. That all has to happen, so that's that's not negotiable. Yeah. But if you can do that, and you know, in the in the night, help a friend, a cousin, uh, you know, have your own podcast. Who are we to stop that? I think that is old world thinking that doesn't unleash the full talent and 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 gain the trust of the employee base, which is really what my job is. You know, we got to have their trust, mm-hmm. and we got to have their passions for our business. And if they can do that and deliver the outcomes we need them to deliver and live our values, then, you know, if they have extra time in the day to do other things that doesn't conflict and hurt their ability to do that, I think that's an additive uh, bonus for us. Because you get to be an employer that embraces their lives. Exactly. Yeah, cool. I think on that note, let's wrap up. I'm your host, Dave Tabor. Today on Proco 360, you've been listening to my conversation with Yancey Spruill, CEO of Digital Ocean. Uh, Yancey, years ago on a golf course, you described a round of golf as a four and a half hour conversation. I don't remember that. Yeah. And uh, we didn't go that long, but I enjoyed it today. Yeah, this was fun. It's always good to catch up with you. And uh, I love the podcast and I love the theme. And I love that you're supporting education around business in Colorado. So thanks for doing this. You're welcome. And uh, to my listeners, glad you're here on Proco 360, where we say live, work, love Colorado, because you and I and my guests can be successful anywhere and choose Colorado. You make the show successful by subscribing to the Proco 360 podcast. And if you haven't yet, it's a huge help if you submit a review in your app. Thanks again to show sponsors, Kinsley Meetings, Via Technologies, and Colorado Biz Magazine. That's a wrap. Live, work, love Colorado.